Hello and welcome to the Ideal Nutrition Podcast. Um, my name is Aidan Muir and I'm with my co-host Leah Heigl and this is episode 98 where we're going to talk about what to do if you struggle to eat enough calories. I always find this a funny topic when I post on Instagram because I always get the DM, the classic one being like, I can't believe this is a problem. How could anybody? Yeah, how could it? anyone have that? Um, but there's obviously heaps of situations. Like yeah. there's heaps. Like what if you've got a limited appetite? What if you um, have really high energy expenditure? You're trying to keep up with that. Um, what if the logistics are difficult because you don't have much time to eat? There's so many situations. One of the good things about a podcast, though, is we don't get much feedback on a podcast. Like on, yeah. on, on an Instagram. There's no DMs. Yeah, there's no DMs. There's no comments. Like you can come, you can, you can send me this stuff if you like. I love all feedback. But um, <laughs> podcasts, it's usually just like, I feel like we're talking to to an empty crowd kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, it kind of feels like that. Yeah, like there's people that listen, but like it's, it's rare to get like direct feedback or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to say our piece and then you can kind of identify which things are or are not relevant for you individually. Awesome. So let's start with uh, suggestion number one, and that would be liquid calories. So I always find this is kind of my, my go-to option is adding liquid calories when people feel like they're really struggling to get enough calories in, in a day and early satiety is an issue. Um, so pros is obviously it's, it's usually quicker to drink than to eat. That's great. Um, it's also less filling. So usually after say, let's take a smoothie. Um, that's going to be less satiating than if you had everything in that smoothie in a bowl and you were eating it all unblended. So drinking it is going to be overall less satiating. And maybe then you could take that smoothie and pair it with actual food and then get you know, more calories in with kind of the same level of satiation as you would have if you took that unblended smoothie and ate that on its own. Um, so yeah, overall less filling. Um, another thing I would say is you can often add a drink to a meal in that maybe you add orange juice, chocolate milk, an up and go, um, some kind of like mass gainer even. You can always add that alongside meals and snacks to up the calories without necessarily adding a lot to the satiety or like filling factor. Um, so that is, it's an, always an easy win, especially if you are replacing some of your already like your your fluids throughout the day. So let's take water, which is no calorie. And then maybe we'll replace some of that water intake with orange juice, Powerade, all of a sudden we're adding calories with no extra added volume. Um, and those kinds of things in terms of like juice or Powerade is not necessarily going to be more satiating than water. Um, so it's always an easy win. Have you seen those nutrition warehouse, um, 1,200 calories mass scanner shapes? No. How much powder do you have to take? I think it's like, the, it's like three scoops, right? It's like, I, I don't quite know on that, but it's, it's more than a single scoop. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, that's a lot. Yeah. One, one of my clients has it. Um, he, he eats over 5,000 calories a day. Right, and yeah. He also works a labor intensive job, which mm -hmm. therefore like a challenge I wouldn't have really thought about too heavily is that if he eats heaps of solid food and then tries to work, it uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah. So um, we, we use that shake to get it in that case. Um, very brief note on mass scanner shakes. Outside of that, that one, because I haven't, I haven't looked at the ingredients too much on that or anything like that. Um, but I, I prefer homemade style mass scanner shakes over 
the supplement ones. And there's, there's a major reason for that. And um, one of them is that most mascana shakes are just protein powder, say whey protein or anything like that, supplemented with maybe some form of triglyceride, some form of fat content, and supplemented often with carbohydrates, particularly maltodextrin is the most yeah. common one I see, but there's like dextrose, there's a bunch of different options. Um, why would I prefer a homemade one? The major reason for that is because maltodextrose in particular is very similar to sugar it has a similar glycemic index and it comes alongside no added micronutrients which is like that's the major downside of added sugar is that doesn't come alongside micronutrients or anything like that um and if we're looking at it through that lens it's like hang on you could literally use any carbohydrate source and get the same results yeah could it be cheaper to make it at home it probably could be cheaper to make it at home could you use the taste that you prefer? Like you literally could get chocolate syrup and put it in if you wanted to and mm. get similar results if you made the mango Like Hershey's much. chocolate syrup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you've got so many options. You could choose based on taste. You could choose based on nutrient density. You can choose based on whatever is the most important thing to you. Um, but that's why I like the homemade ones because it's like it's probably cheaper and it's probably going to give you more of what you specifically Got more control want. over it. Yeah. Yeah, but the other ones are more convenient and everything like that. Um, I think that client of mine is sponsored by a supplement company, which is part of how he gets it, so it is cheaper for him. Um, But anyway, so another option is increasing meal frequency. An example I like to use, I like to use extreme examples a lot because it makes us think. An example I like to use is if I was trying to eat as many calories as I could over the next 24 hours, how would I go about it? And I would start eating right now and (laughs) then the second i was able to eat more i would eat more it would be like grazing constantly across the day it's easier to eat more when you're eating more frequently there are certain exceptions to that rule i don't know if you've ever seen anything on like sumo wrestlers eating twice a day have you ever heard anything about that no yeah so i've heard i've heard stories that sumo wrestlers um traditional sumo wrestlers often eat twice a day because they get so hungry that when they go to eat they can just like have heat have a heat yeah yeah and that's an anecdotal thing and I wouldn't rule that out as an option. But if you were somebody who was struggling to get enough calories in and you hadn't tried eating super frequently, that would be my first move because most people can eat more food when they eat more frequently. Yeah, 100%. And the third suggestion is going to be going for calorie dense options. So there's a couple of ways you can do this. So the first thing that comes to mind for me is increasing your intake of higher fat foods. That is because fat is more energy dense than the other macronutrients, carbs and protein. And it's it's has more than double the, the energy density. So Carbs and protein have four calories per gram. Fat has nine calories per gram. So a little bit of fat can go a long way when it comes to calorie amount. So increasing your intake of things like nut and nut butters. I love a good bit of peanut butter as like a bit of a mass gainer. Um, Seeds, avocado, plant-based oils like your olive oil, salmon, hummus, all those kinds of higher fat foods. just a general note is it's probably best to have a focus on increasing more of your, your healthy fats as kind of a first port of call rather than a lot of animal fats, saturated fats. Um, but we'll talk a little bit about including foods you enjoy and maybe some like more highly palatable foods later. So that could come into play. But if you're going to take this to, 
you know, not an extreme, but like you're going to use this method. I would focus more on your, your healthy sources of fats, which is mainly your plant-based sources um, and uh, seafood. Uh, another way you could go about introducing more calorie dense options is looking for fruit and veg with reduced volume or water content. So this could be an easy win would be dried fruit as opposed to fresh fruit. It's a lot less volume for the same amount of calories. So if that's something you enjoy, you could always add that into your day. Um, and then also looking at cooking methods that reduce the water content of vegetables. So I actually use this a lot with my plant-based clients who struggle with the sheer volume of food that they sometimes have to consume as plant-based athletes. Um, And instead of doing things like steaming and boiling where the water content of your veggies is the same or increased, we would actually use things like pan frying and baking and make that uh, content, that overall volume uh, a lot less in doing so. Um, And then I guess also when it comes to veg intake, like you don't want to forego your vegetables, um, but maybe focusing a little bit more on your starchy options. So things like potato, sweet potato, corn, peas, legumes, et cetera, Um, maybe a little less than your other kind of low calorie, low starch veggie options. On that topic in a way, managing fiber intake as well as managing protein intake is a good idea. And what I mean by that is don't significantly overshoot these any more than you need to do so. Um, I'll start by using an extreme example on protein intake and then we'll work backwards from there. So there's one study by Jose Antonio where they gave people 4.4 grams per kilogram of body weight protein per day. Just taking a second to let that sink in. If somebody was 100 kilos, that would be 440 grams of protein. Um, 100 grams of chicken breast is 30 grams of protein. So a little bit under that, like 25 grams of protein if it's uncooked chicken breast. So if we look at it from that perspective, we're like, okay, that's a lot of protein. Um, The goal of that study was to have people in a calorie surplus, but everybody ended up in a calorie deficit, right? As you can imagine, because if all you're doing is eating protein or that, you're just gonna get full before you get to an appropriate amount of calories. So when I say manage your intake, what I'm saying is whatever number you personally deem to be the optimal amount, you just eat that amount and you don't eat more. If I was going to put numbers out there, I think for the average person trying to build muscle, 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight protein per day is an optimal range for a lot of people, right? Obviously, there's nuance around that. Some people be requiring higher, some will be requiring lower. But using that 1.6 to 2.2 number, the research showed on average that 1.6 is enough to optimize in most cases and 2.2 is there to cover outliers. If you believed you were in that kind of average situation, you would aim for 1.6 and not any higher than that. If you think you would benefit from 1.8, 2.0, whatever, then go for it, right? But just go to that amount and not significantly higher. There are a lot of people I have seen who struggle to eat enough food and are consuming well over the two grams per kilogram body weight protein per day. And theoretically, we could just reduce protein intake, have no difference in muscle gain or anything like that, but be able to get more calories in to fuel muscle gain. Totally. It, like so, it makes sense. Exactly. The same thing with fiber. Um, there's a few targets. The recommended daily intake of fiber is like 25 grams for women and 30 grams for men. And adding nuance to that, I think a better guide is 12 to 15 grams per 1,000 calories. So if you're eating 
2000 calories if you want the top end of that range that would be 30 if you wanted the bottom end that'd be 24 so it kind of fits with the recommended daily intake if you ate 3000 obviously it gets up towards that 45 kind of mark at the top end and so on and so forth but if you just ate in the same ratio you normally would but you ended up eating like 6000 calories as an extreme example but you kept increasing your vegetable intake alongside that. You mm. kept increasing your intake of like legumes, nuts, seeds, etc., etc. You suddenly end up with this overwhelming amount of fiber, which we know is quite satiating. So once again, find whatever you would consider to be the optimal amount for you and just don't go beyond that. Yeah. And again, going back to my plant-based athletes, like this is such an issue I see in them in that they're consuming 60 to 80 grams of fiber well beyond like what we need for health. Um, and they're like, I'm just so full all of the time and I cannot physically eat more. And I'm like, well, let's start looking at that fiber content because that's probably going to give you a lot of bang for your buck in terms of eating more. Um, another tip would be include foods you enjoy eating. I think this is like a pretty obvious one, but one that some people, I guess, steer away from in terms of ideally you have food that you think tastes good and maybe it's a little bit more highly palatable in that maybe it has a bit more of like fat and sugar content because we know that combo is typically highly palatable for most people. So if you're getting too caught up in eating really quote unquote clean or super whole food based, you might struggle with this. Um, so moving from like a whole food focus only to including some fun foods, um, especially if you have a high calorie budget and you can meet your nutritional requirements in a portion of that, you have these extra calories to kind of have these fun foods that are easy to eat and consume calories from. Yeah. It makes it easier for sure. And like going against any like pushback against that, I guess it's like, okay, it works equally well for body composition. You've touched on the health aspect. Another area people will look at, which kind of ties in with the health aspect is micronutrients. A lot of people are like, well, I want to optimize my micronutrient intake as well. And we've got a few things alongside that. One is that consuming more calories often increases micronutrient intake as well. A story I often put alongside that is in a previous job, I used to, do food works analysis of all my clients' diets. So that would be, um, I just put into like some computerized analysis software to figure out their micronutrient intake based on what they said they were eating. And I remember one client went to KFC and they got a burger, a crusher. I don't know if you... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they got a crusher, um, which is like a milkshake type beverage and they got some chips, right? And they significantly overconsumed calories for the day it wasn't just that they did a few other things right but like i'm using that example just to narrow down on that meal and their micronutrients were off the charts <laughs> <laughs> and you might be like how did that happen well the burger still had chicken on it mm -hmm. um it still had some iron from the chicken it still had some zinc it still had some magnesium everything like that I don't know if the bread in the burgers is fortified, but a lot of bread in Australia is fortified with micronutrients as well. Um, the crusher was like 600 mil of milk, which like calcium. comes with heaps of calcium. It comes with potassium as well. So does the chicken as well. So does the potato as well. Like once you go into it, like the potato has heaps of um, micronutrients as well. Like if there's that guy who lives solely off of potatoes for like a year and lost heaps of weight. And like when people <laughs> ask him, they're like, why did you choose potato? And it's like, have you seen the micronutrient profile of potatoes? Potato? Like, 
people forget that it's a vegetable like they just think of it as carbs so like it still yeah. does have micronutrients um and i use that example just being like yeah she over consumed calories but she also had more micronutrients bad example because that's not what i wanted her to be doing obviously yeah yeah but i'm using the example of being like sometimes foods we consider to be poorer quality still contain micronutrients like we can't just yes they're not com- that. often not completely void yeah. of nutrition yeah exactly the main thing that is void of nutrition is added sugar that is yeah. the main thing right um sometimes prioritization is important as well it makes sense to focus on the thing that moves you towards your goals if you were faced with the option of incredible micronutrient intake and insufficient calories for your goals and very good micronutrient intake and optimal calories for your goals sometimes it makes sense to go with the latter the one that's still very good and moves you really towards your goals as well I think that's a great summary. So this has been episode 98 of the Ideal Nutrition Podcast. If you haven't left a rating or review, it would be super appreciated for you to do so. Um, But otherwise, thanks for tuning in.